Greetings, Arlington. This is Grayson 30 on WERALP, Arlington 96.7 FM. My name is Ed Mellick, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sal Dietrich. Sal, what's shaking today? Ed, my man, I am ready for a food fight, man. I'm ready for a food fight today on our show, Grayson 30. I've got my goggles on, I've got my oven mitts on, and I am ready for a hunger smackdown, my friend. You know, each week we're talking with people in the D.C. area who are sacrificing and serving and making a real impact in this community. And I'll tell you, this week we're talking with the folks from the 2016 Food Fight event. It's being held at the Dulles Expo Center this weekend from May 13th to the 15th, where 5 million meals will be packed for starving children. Yeah, you heard that right. 5 million meals in one weekend. Talk about crowdsourcing for good. Man, that is one big audacious goal. <laughs> I'm definitely excited too. I want to hear from our guests. Um, but first, I want to share a quick reminder about last week's call to action. We were privileged to have uh, Milton Brown on our show, and he told us about his story of addiction and homelessness that spanned over four decades. Uh, the biggest challenge he laid down to our listeners was to simply practice love, in particular in how we interact with the homeless, but also how we interact with everyone. He noted that offering a kind word of encouragement to our brothers and sisters doesn't cost us anything. It can't be taxed by the government and it belongs to you, which means it's your choice. And he also challenged us to focus on being thankful no matter what our situation is. Yeah, and just something, Ed, as we're getting going, you know, if you're following the show and you're listening, you're able to get on Twitter, we're going to take some live questions uh, for our guests tonight. So if you're on Twitter, send us those questions. We'll get them answered as soon as we can. Look, Milton, getting back to Milton, you know, he really highlighted two organizations uh, that we want to give a shout out to. You know, the first was the Little Lights organization. They're down in Southeast DC, you know, helping homeless children every day. Uh, you can find them on their website at www.littlelights.org. And the other is So Others Might Eat, uh, a well-known organization here in the DC area. You can find them at www.some.org. Uh, you know, we're going to talk to the folks about Little Lights, about coming on this very show. Uh, we're going to have information about this uh, on our Grace and 30 Facebook page. And uh, again, we're going to have those guys on the show. So if you didn't get involved before, you've listened to Milton since then, you know, we're giving you another nudge to get back in action. So on to today's guests, or actually guests. Um, we're joined by Brian Jones. He's the Associate Director of the North Star Church Network which is a collection of 180 Northern Virginia church congregations that represent a very wide variety of ethnic, language, and cultural groups. Uh, North Star has teamed with a large number of its churches, as well as Feed My Starving Children, to organize this weekend's food fight event. And as a bonus, uh, uh, Brian brought along Kirsty Sherman. She's part of Feed My Starving Children. She's a development advisor. And she's sort of the person that I teased her. She's choppered in to come and work on the ground and, and help manage the effort. So, uh, guys, this event, the magnitude and the impact of this is huge. I'm really excited to hear the details from you both. And basically, welcome to Grayson 30. Well, yeah, welcome. Thanks so much. It's great to be a part. Um, so, when I first sat down and talked with you, I guess we met last week, and you mentioned 22,000 volunteers, 5 million meals in three days, um, sounds like a massive undertaking. I guess you guys are going to start in just a couple of days, and, and I can't thank you enough for being here in the middle of this preparation. But tell us where the idea for this came from and, and kind of how you've gotten to the point where you are now. Sure. About a year and a half ago, 
uh, our executive director, Dee Witten, uh, and I were thinking about a great way to pull our churches together to do something bigger than any one particular church could do on its own. So we looked at various organizations, and one of our church, New Hope Church, down in the uh, Lorton Fairfax Station area, had partnered with Feed My Starving Children before. So we uh, got in contact with them and uh, began to develop this, pray about this, and wanted to reach a big goal. And up until that point, I think the biggest packing event was right at about 5 million meals. So we're actually going for 5.1 million meals because we're kind of competitive, but it's a good com- competition. So so how do you stand in terms of getting resources th- together right now, getting volunteers lined up, getting prepared for this coming weekend? Are you, are you in pretty good shape? We're doing well. Today we spent uh, all day setting up about 2,000 chairs and 100 packing stations, and Kirsty can tell you more about the details of that, but we have over 15,000 volunteers who've signed up. So we're not quite yet at 22,000, but we do believe some of these will do multiple shifts, and uh, we're gonna pack really hard and really fast. So I'm glad you mentioned that, because one of the things we like to do on this show is issue a call to action. So that's call to action number one. If, If anybody's listening, I know it's kind of late notice, but uh, there is this event this weekend. You guys would love to have folks stop in either Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. It can be in the day or even in the evening um, and volunteer. And maybe you can also tell us about what a typical volunteer looks like, um, you know, what age group. Yeah, and, and just to jump in, you know, a uh, couple folks who have already rung in here on Twitter, uh, you know, Joe in Arlington says, you know, how can people get involved? Mark says, how do folks get started with, uh, with 2016 Food Fight? So yeah, tell us a little bit about how, how folks can get out there and help. Yeah, absolutely. The neat thing about Feed My Starving Children and the mobile pack that we're having here this weekend is that anyone can volunteer. So we have kids as young as five years old volunteer and people as old as 105. And we can find a job for anyone. So you can come with grandma or great grandma and bring the whole family and everyone has the chance to help feed hungry kids. And so if people would like to volunteer, which we would love to have anyone come out, um, you can actually go to the website, which is 2016foodfight.com, and you'll be able to click the volunteer button and see when we're having shifts. So there are specific times, they're two and a half hour shifts, and we teach you how to pack food and get you excited and then send you into the packing room to make our mana pack meals. And, and Brian, you know, this is organized by the North Star churches, but you don't have to be a member of North Star to come out. In fact, you, you don't even have to be uh, of any religious denomination. If you have a good heart and you want to come out and volunteer, man, this is a great opportunity. Am I right? That's a, that's a great point. And of course, uh, our number one goal is to feed starving children. But very close second is to really just build some great unity within our uh, community. Uh, and we so welcome anybody of any faith or no faith at all to come out and uh, just jump in and, and rub o- elbows with uh, other people in the community and do some real good for kids overseas. So what kind of what kind of roles do you need? I mean, you talk about people coming out, packing food. Is it is it signing people up? Where's the biggest need? It's probably on the on the lines actually doing the packing of the food. Is that right? It is. It's actually to be out there uh, and doing the actual packing. And as Kirsty alluded to. Any type of uh, mobility we can work with. There are jobs where you sit down. There are jobs we need some strong guys and girls to uh, help pallet these uh, crates of boxes of the food. 
and everything in between. So you'll be around a table with about 15 new friends and you'll put in rice and soy and vitamins and other things into these bags that get sealed, put in boxes, and then brought directly out to uh, uh, trail, tractor trailers that are waiting to then bring them overseas. Already at the Dulles Expo Center, Kirsty, you can tell me the exact number, but it looked like there was 18 to 20 uh, tractor trailers parked ready to go for these 5 million meals. Wow. And, and so even mobility is not an issue. If there's someone elderly, they may be in a wheelchair. If they want to come and pull up to a packing station and work, that's, that's welcome as well, right? Yes, absolutely. We have some jobs. Every single bag that we're going to pack has to be labeled. So that's one great job if you need a sit-down job, but we can also accommodate some sitting down at the station. So no matter what your ability to work is, we will make it work so you can volunteer with us. Great, that's super. Um, you told me some cool stories when we met uh, uh, last week about things that children were doing, you know, in terms of their allowance and whatever to make this thing possible. And why don't you share, you know, a few things with us to get our, our, our listeners interested? Yeah, most definitely. So the other piece of this is to do 5 million meals or about 5.1 million, we need to raise about a million dollars. And we have heard just amazing stories of uh, what children have done and adults have done to make that happen. About the cost of each meal is 22 cents. And so really, you think about that, a cup of coffee at Starbucks, there's 10 meals right there. Well, depending on what you get, it might be 20 meals. But uh, children have uh, saved coins. They have foregone uh, perhaps getting a candy bar or something like that and, and collected those coins instead to send them in so that we can feed these children. That's excellent, outstanding. I'd also like to hear a little bit about the logistics, about how this is all going to be played out, because you're going to be shifting in like 2,000 volunteers every two, two and a half hours. So you're going to have to have a parking crew and other things. And tell us a little bit about how that's, that's playing out right now. Sure, absolutely. Uh, the logistics is a huge part of what's making this event possible. Brian mentioned all the trucks. So as of today, we have 25 trucks at the Dulles Expo Center filled with all the ingredients, all the packing supplies we need. And so um, tomorrow or Friday through Sunday, what will happen is we'll have the volunteers all come in and we use that two and a half hours. They come in, we teach them how to pack right there. We tell them a little bit about feed my starving children and welcome them. And they learn everything they need to know in about 20 minutes to a half an hour. And we usher them into the packing room. We have some amazing volunteers who have volunteered to be there the whole weekend who will help them troubleshoot packing at the stations. We'll get them packing pretty quickly and then kind of let them go. And, uh, and then afterwards we bring them back and give them how many meals they packed and thank them. And so it's a really smooth process. Great. Wow. I, I still can't get my head around five million meals in one weekend. Look, uh, we're finished with round one of this food fight. And folks, you know, you're listening to Grace in 30 on WERALP Arlington, Virginia, 96.7 FM. We're here talking to Brian Jones and Kirsty Sherman, the coordinators of the 2016 food fight event at the Dulles Expo Center, where five million meals, 5.1 million meals, will be packed for starving children around the world. Wow, talk about an, uh, an incredible, audacious thing. Man, are we excited to talk to you folks tonight. Um, I, you, you made a distinction 
too when we spoke before between starving children and hungry children. And I know I recently volunteered in an event with a group called Generosity Feeds, which was focused on hungry children in the U.S. Could, could you make that distinction for our listeners and, 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 and why you chose to focus on the starving children? Sure. Uh, as we said, we wanted to meet a real need. We want to bring people together to meet a real need. And we see starvation overseas and so we've, uh, again, partnered with Feed My Starving Children. Now, the question also came up is, well, don't we have hunger issues right here in our community? Which is, is true. We don't necessarily have starvation, but there is definitely malnutrition as well as hunger issues. So we're very excited to say we've also partnered with the Capital Area Food Bank. And so we are asking people when they come out to pack these meals that will be going overseas to also bring some canned goods, canned vegetables, uh, canned tuna, peanut butter, uh, some dry goods, and we will have uh, pallets there to make those donations. And if we can have 15,000 canned goods, one per person, that would make a big difference in the local food pantries. So this, is, this sounds excellent because you're killing two birds with one stone. We have this event where we're helping starving children overseas, but we're also bringing food in for people here in the U.S. that, that are hungry. So it's, outstanding. I wanted to talk a little bit about these mana packs. Uh, they, they sound fascinating. I love the name. Um, what they are, um, how they were developed, what makes them special, um, feedback from people that receive them and eat them. Um, tell us a little bit about those. Sure. Our mana packs, they consist of four ingredients, which are vitamins, veggies, soy, and rice. And they're actually scientifically designed for children suffering from malnourishment. So the vitamin powder contains all the micronutrients and vitamins needed for a growing child. The vegetables add some variation to the meal. The soy is the protein source, and so that's necessary for muscle and brain development. And then rice is a universally recognized grain. And so even in some of the most remote areas of the world where our food gets, uh, it rice is recognized, people know how to cook it, and they like it. And so we use that. And in addition, it also fills hungry bellies. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I I looked at your site and was really interested in the Mana Pack. And you know, the interesting history is this is just a great example of corporate America coming together with physicians, with charities to design something that is healthy and nutritious for kids, but gives them the nutrition they need. And and I'm amazed when I look at your website at the difference this makes in children. I mean, in such a short time a night and day experience where these kids look healthy, their hair looks healthy, they're happy. I mean, just an incredible example of how when corporate industry puts their mind to it, you know, how much good they can do in this, in this country and in the world. So, so tell us about the journey of the food. Once it's packed, it's put on the tractor trailers. What happens? Where does it go? How is it distributed? Absolutely. So uh, once it's packed, actually for this event, we will have a number of containers leaving directly from the Dulles Expo Center that will immediately be shipped overseas. That doesn't always happen. If an event is smaller in size, they will first go back to one of our warehouses. But eventually, who it gets shipped to are distribution partners. So we work with distribution partners in we over the course of history about 70 different countries last year alone we shipped to 50 different countries 
And we work with anyone from schools to missionaries to other NGOs, um, feeding programs, and they're working on the ground in the countries where our food is shipped. And so they are able to get the food to the children who need it. And they provide us with impact reports and keep us updated on how it's being used. And they're just some amazing partners that we work with that are able to get the food to those who need it. Now, uh, one question, do you have any partners here in the U.S.? Because you you think about it, we have a lot of hungry, you know, maybe not starving children in in the U.S., but is that something that you're also kind of looking at, or have people ever approached you about using the Manipac uh, package here in the U.S., or or even just in Canada or, or nearby? We are occasionally approached, um, but it hasn't been a very successful uh, product in the United States, um, just for various reasons. And so if a food pantry or something like that does uh, approach us, we'll send a box usually, and we haven't really been asked for anything after that. And so it's not widely used in the U.S. We don't have any partners that are continuously getting our food here. So, so I know one of the reasons, uh, Brian, your organization chose to work with Feed My Starving Children is because of their integrity and their reputation. Um, can, can you tell us a little bit about more about your organization and uh, some of the recognition you have and some of the feedback? I know you yourself have been in the field and seen the results of, of this food and, and on, on the children that get it and the families that get it. So give us a little background like that. Yeah, absolutely. Just some of the numbers um, that are really neat to hear uh, is that over 99% of our food gets to its final destination safely. And that's just an incredible number when you think about the countries and uh, where it's getting shipped to. Um, On top of that, 92% of all donations go directly to our food program. And so the efficiency um, rate at which we operate is very high. And um, we have received a four-star rating from Charity Navigator for the past 11 years. Uh, Just some kind of outside uh, watchdog groups that you can look at and say, yeah, Feed My Serving Children is doing good work. Um, But on top of that, like you said, I visited the countries and one of my favorite stories um, is I was in the Dominican Republic about a year and a half ago. And uh, we were distributing food in this little village in the Dominican, um, Bate 106. And uh, we had the adults of each household sitting in this little church and we were giving them, you know, a handful of bags to help feed their families over the course of that um, time period. And I was in the back of the church playing with some of these kids and I, this little boy, he was probably about eight or nine years old. Um, I, I looked at him and I asked him, do you eat manna pack? Um, and he says, yeah, every day. And then he pulled up his shirt sleeve and he showed me a muscle. Ah, that's great. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and so you, you can see that is we can share stories and we can tell you this is what makes the kids healthy. But to realize that this child um, in this village in the middle of sugar cane fields in the Dominican Republic knows that because I eat manna pack, I have strong muscles 
it that's really what it's all about and so um that just i mean it showed me that what we're doing makes a huge difference and um hopefully others can see that too yeah that's a that's definitely a great story i mean we want to hear that sort of thing to make it real and to see the impact that this is making um Again, we're, we're at round two here. We're finishing out of listening to Grayson 30 on WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. Again, we're talking to uh, Brian Jones and uh, Kirsty uh, Sherman, who are both putting together the 2016 Food Fight event at the Dulles Expo Center this week- weekend. It's going to run through the 13th, the th- 13th through the 15th, and they're shooting for packing 5.1 million meals for starving children overseas. Brian, you know, tell us a little bit about North Star. I, I I am just getting aware of the organization. You're regionally based here in Northern Virginia, is that correct? That's correct. We've yeah. got churches that uh, range from the Arlington, Alexandria area down to Stafford, out to Warrenton, about 180 uh, churches, 50 of which are uh, international language churches. And uh, these churches come together and we want to be built around mission. And so we want to do something that's bigger than any one church. And so as we've come together to do this project, we wanted to meet a real need. And so we exist to kind of help churches reach their full potential through coaching, through uh, mentoring, and through helping them and resourcing them with what God has called them to do. What do you say is the the biggest thing that's come out for your membership? and your church is in the surrounding community. I mean, what what's worked there for you guys? Well, what we've seen is, uh, again, churches kind of coming together uh, so that churches wouldn't necessarily be able to do something this big just on their own. But uh, it's kind of like bringing a whole group of people together to do a bigger project. That's great. That's great. Uh, you know, what would you like to, to see our listeners do? I mean, both for the, the food fight event, obviously we want people to come out, even if it's for, you know, simply an hour of your time this weekend. I mean, 5.1 million meals in three days. I mean, they can use every hand, foot, uh, head, hat, they can come out. So, you know, let's talk beyond that. I mean, generally, what, what are some things that people can do just, in, you know, in reflecting upon, you know, the starving and hungry? I mean, even outside of this event, I mean, there are so many organizations in the D.C. area, some we've named, who, you know, are just slugging it out every day, feeding people in, in urban areas. I mean, is there any reflections you have on this, uh, Kirsten, or, uh, th- just dealing with, with these starving kids? I mean, is there something that, that, that comes to mind? I mean, I guess donating is one thing, but in general, things you've learned from working with this group? Yeah, I would say... Um make yourself educated on the issue of hunger. Uh, Some of the statistics we see at Feed My Starving Children is that over 6,000 children a day uh, die from hunger-related issues. So it's a big problem. And um, that's just starvation, really. There's other um, hunger issues, like you mentioned earlier. Domestically, it may not be those dying children, but there's still a lot of Uh, problems here. So I would say really become educated and see where the needs are. And um, 
and get involved. Uh, Feed My Starving Children, we work in all over the United States with our mobile packing events. So volunteer and donate and um, help raise awareness about what we're doing and the other organizations. You mentioned some local ones, um, but I would say just just to educate yourself and then engage in some way. You talk about your call to action. And I think that's really important is to, once you know, um, to do something about it. And it may look different for different people. And um, so I would encourage people to, to do that. So what's up next after this event? Have you had any chance to think about that? Or is it just trying to get through this weekend, decompress, and then figure out where to go from there? Are you planning on doing something like this again? or? Well, I know for Christy, this is her life. So she'll probably move on to another big event. For Northstar, who is uh, doing this event, we'll probably take a couple of days off and uh, reflect and relax. But then again, we want to pull together based around mission. Uh, with the belief that we are better together than going it alone. And so we will be uh, thinking and praying and uh, looking at other organizations. We've already talked with some great local organizations like the International Justice Mission, Habitat for Humanity, and some others about doing another project where maybe on an annual basis we could come together as a community doing a big project to really meet a real need. You know, it's interesting, uh, Kirsten and Brian, you know, food has, has really gone to almost an elite status. I mean, we've got these, uh, you know, we've had the Food Network for years, and now we've got Top Chef, and, you know, people are tweeting about being foodies, and, you know, there's so much more awareness about food, uh, you know, in our culture. Do you think, is this helping these organizations in any way that, that or, or, or are you seeing anything um, where, where some of these folks are stepping up and helping? I mean, obviously, I think local chefs and things have always donated food, but, you know, this sort of, you know, sexiness about food, is that helping in any way in the charities or efforts to bring out volunteers that you can see? I mean, is that a good trend in this country or, or what? Maybe some thoughts. I haven't seen a lot of connections between it, um, but I do know we partner with um, one particular mobile pack host. they do something where they own some restaurants and for every meal they sell that a meal is donated to feed my starving children and that has grown tremendously in the last few years and so we're really excited about that growing over the next years to come and that certainly has helped us because that's a continuous partner as well as the the trendiness of food and and i i totally know what you're talking about in that regard i don't i haven't seen a lot of connection with that raising awareness with feed my starving children in general but i certainly see potential for that um because people can they understand the value of food they understand what it's like to come together over a good meal and the idea of being able to give that opportunity to people in other countries um it just creates almost a solidarity um together in that and that we get to enjoy this here so let's take this opportunity to give it to people who may never experience it otherwise yeah well said for sure yeah, I was curious what, what that partnership looks like. Is it something where people, um, they, they sell a particular meal and then they donate the cost of a pack to you or do they actually get involved in some physical way or a combination? 
it's a combination. So they have a restaurant called Tacos for Life, and it's in Arkansas. But for every um, meal they sell, they donate 22 cents for a Feed My Serving Children meal. And then annually we go there and they do a mobile packing event, just like the food fight here. Excellent. Yeah, we're talking about 5.1 million meals, but, but kind of getting back to Ed's earlier question about the, the distribution, I mean, how rapidly is this consumed? We're not, we're not feeding 5 million people for a day or, you know, 170,000 people for, for 30 days or, you know, even maybe 13,000 people for a year. I mean, is it, is it widely distributed when it first goes out? How does that work? Yes, these meals will actually go out to multiple countries and multiple partners. And so we don't know exactly the timeline on all the meals. Um, I will say that we work with, like I said, amazing partners and the meals do get distributed quickly. And so that's something that's wonderful with who we work for. But we don't have a specific timeline to know these meals are going to get eaten by this many kids in four weeks. Uh, but uh we, we trust that it'll get to who it needs to get when it needs to get there. Well, look, we're going to have to ring the bell on this food fight. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, thanks so much, Brian and Kirsten, for joining us. We really appreciate your insights. I incredible event. 5.1 million meals this weekend, folks. Look, for our listeners, uh, get out to the Dallas Expo Center this weekend, Friday through Sunday. They need your help. Uh, help feed starving people. It's incredible. Um, look, you can find more information at www.2016foodfight.com. We'll be posting this on Facebook and Twitter. Look, give us some feedback about the show. Uh, if you want to hit us at, at gracein30 at gmail.com, that's gracein30, G R A C E I N 30 at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at gracein30 or on Facebook and gracein30. Finally, a replay of this show will be found 24 hours later on WERA's website uh, after the show is aired. Next week, we'll be hosting John Brown from Career Confidence. Uh, the core mission of Career Confidence is to provide free expert services to people searching for work, including search skills training, coaching, and encouragement, all while expressing Christian compassion. I know one of their co-founders, uh, Robert Brandal, and he's been working tirelessly for over six years, basically on his Saturdays, three Saturdays a month, to serve people who are out of work. So if you're interested in learning more about their mission uh, before the show, please go to www.career-confidence.org. Again, that's career-confidence.org. This is Ed Mellick and Sal Dietrich signing off from Grayson 30 on WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. Have a great night and be sure to tune into Grace. Good night.